Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius Adiwumi. We are going through the Gospel of Mark. We are now in chapter 12. And as before, I read through it and stop and pause and give some comments. That will give us some enlightenment. And I pray that the Lord will give you insight into all of these things. Mark chapter 12 from verse 1. Talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. And he began to speak unto them by parables. A certain man planted a vineyard and set an edge about it, and digged a place for the wine, wine fat, and built a tower, and let it out to husbandmen, and went to a far country. And at this season he sent to the husbandmen a servant, that he might receive from the husbandmen of the fruit of the vineyard. And they caught him and, and beat him, and sent him away empty. And again he sent unto them another servant, and at him they cast stones, and wounded him in the head, and sent him away shamefully and old. And again he sent another, and him they killed, and many others, beating some and killing some. Having yet therefore one son, his well beloved, he sent him also last unto them, saying, They will reference my son. But those Husbandmen said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and the inheritance shall be ours. And they took him and killed him, and cast him out of the vineyard. What shall therefore the Lord of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the husbandmen, and will give the vineyard unto others. And have you not read this scripture? The stone which the builders rejected is become the head of the corner. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Now, this parable was continuation of, according to how it was reported in Luke and all the other Gospels, there was no separation to chapter 12 as if it was separate. It was continuation of what was going on when the, when the chief priest and scribe came and asked him, that, who give you this authority? According to the other Gospels, and they said, when the Lord told them that, neither do I tell thee, but authority by what authority I do this is, he gave them this parable. So those chief priests were he there listening to this, and they heard that he was saying the the husband men were symbolizing those people that were ruling Jerusalem. Jerusalem was symbolizing in that parable the the vineyard that was owned by God, and he sent servants, sent servants, and they killed the servants, they killed the prophets, they killed all those. And he said, "Well, I'm going to send my last my son." And they're going to kill the son. That's what Christ was prophesying. They are going to kill the son too. So then what do you think the owner of the land of the vineyard will do? He will come and destroy those husbandmen. In fact, in the other gospel, I say, well, they say, God forbid. Then they knew he was talking about them. They say, Well, God forbid, the stone which the builders rejected is become the head of Canaries. This Messiah, whom you rejected to accept him as Messiah, is the son of the living God. He's the son. Of the owner of the of the of the of the vineyard, and that was what this parable was really symbolized was talking about, and 
Verse 12. And they sought to lay hold on him. Uh, but fear the people, for they knew that he had spoken the parable against them. That's how Apostle Mark, how, that's how Mark reported this parable. So they, they knew he had spoken this parable against them. So they wanted to lay hold on him, but they are afraid of the crowd. So they left him and went their way. Verse 13. And they sent unto him certain of the Pharisees and of the Herodians to cash him in his word. And when they were come, they said unto him, Master, we know that thou art true and carest for no man. For thou regardest not the person of men, but teachest the way of God in truth. Is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar or not? So they tried to frame our Lord Jesus Christ to cash him in his word. So they brought a political question to him. Caesar was the king of the of the of the world, eh? and he asked governor ruling all the nations, governor in Jerusalem, that are collecting taxes, sending it to Rome. And the Jews don't like that. They didn't want to pay tax. They don't want to be under Caesar. They are thinking they are king. When the Messiah come, he's going to deliver them from this bondage of Caesar. But that was not what Christ came to do. He came to save mankind from their sins first. So these people, they knew about all those uh, debates between the Jews in their mind, in the mind of the Jews. So they brought this question so that Jesus Christ will commit himself so that they can report him to Caesar if he says he's trying to make them not pay tax and so on and so forth. So what did they say? They said, is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar or not? He, because they knew that the Jews, the rulers, they didn't really want to be paying the tax. That's why they call the publicans sinners, because the publicans are Jews that are working for Rome, collecting taxes from their own people, or tribute from their own people, sometimes cheating them, pocketing some of the money. So they call them sinners, and they call them that uh, they are, they are anti-Israel. So these people now brought the question and say, what do you think? You, are, you, you, don't, you don't regard any man. You tell the truth the way it is. Tell us, is it, is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar or not? Shall we give or shall we not give? Verse 15. So they want to just say yes or no. But he, Jesus Christ, knowing their hypocrisy, said unto them, Why tempt ye me? Bring me a penny that I may see it. See the wisdom of Almighty God that, was, that he used here. Say, Why tempt ye me? They want to tempt him to say, Well, I'm going to oppose Caesar. Of our side with the, with the crowd. Bring me a penny that I may see it. And they brought it. And he said unto them, Whose is this image and superscription? It's like saying, Give me a, a, a dollar. And they look and they say, A dollar is a coin. And they saw that there's an there's a image on that coin. Let's see whether I have a coin here that I can use to them, for example. And they say, Look at a dollar. A dollar, there's an image of Washington, uh, President Washington, or whatever it is, on that dollar. Say, well, whose image is this? Say, well, Caesar's. Say, well, which means this thing belongs to Caesar, no, sir. And they said to him, Caesar's. And verse 17 said, Jesus answered said unto them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. So this dollar or this coin that they used to pay tax or to pay tribute was minted by Caesar. That's why I put his image on it. 
and he's asking to give him back some of it. So render to him what belongs to him, belongs to him, give it back to him. But you are in the image of God. We are in the image of God, not our money. We, our face, our body. Then give your heart to God. But give your the money to Caesar that, that created it. Also. So that's why you are what he got the Lord you say, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. And they marvel at him, they couldn't hold him to that. That's amazing. What a question, what, a, what an answer. Then come unto him the Sadducees, which say there is no resurrection. And they ask him, saying, Master, Moses wrote unto us, If a man's brother die, and leave his wife behind him, and leave no children, that his brother should take his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. Now, there were seven brethren. And the first took a wife, and dying left no seed. And the second took her, and died, neither left he any seed. And the third likewise. And the seven other, and left no seed. Last of all, the woman died also. In the resurrection, therefore, when they shall rise, whose wife shall she be of them? For the seven other to wife. This will thought they have you tie God up and you won't be able to answer this question. That's why you make it seven. I'm not sure they have a, a, a real life example like that, but they, they make it so difficult that say, well, we make it seven. Let's see how he will answer it. Let's see whether God Himself will be able to answer this. So it's going to be confusion that day. <laughs> they thought, uh, it's going to be confusion when they are resurrected. If you say you have to you have to resurrect them. So they are trying to use that as a, to just to say there's no justification for resurrection or something like that, whatever they mean. So they say, in the resurrection, therefore, when they shall rise, whose wife shall she be of them? For the seven had out a wife. So they thought they, they tied God up. You couldn't answer this one. Verse 24. And Jesus answered himself unto them, Do ye not therefore err, because ye know not the scriptures, neither the power of God? For when they shall rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, better as the angels which are in heaven. <sighs> that blew their mind up. Because they didn't even believe there are angels. They don't believe there are spirits. That's the Sadducee. They don't believe. I wonder what they mean by God. If you say there's no spirit, they say there are no angels, there are no resurrection. Maybe they just think God is just a wave, a force. Like these new ages that say you can tap into that force. Something vibrating from the sky. So that perhaps is what they are of the idea of their God. They don't believe angels. But Christ said, When they shall rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, better as the angels which are in heaven. And as touching the dead that they rise, have ye not read in the book of Moses? How in the bush God spake unto him, saying, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. He therefore do greatly. So what does that mean? He said, God said to Moses, I am, as if I present this. He didn't say I was, as if Abraham was dead. God. No, so I am, I'm still the God of Abraham. Abraham. Wherever Abraham is, God can see him. That's why he said I am. Which means, in paradise where Abraham is, he is still worshipping God there. And God is still listening to him there. Even though it's no more physically here on the physical earth. Because you, your body that we are wearing, the body we are wearing is just like a coat. 
the mouth courage garment. That when we get out of here through the mouth, our spirit goes and our soul goes to wherever we are going. To paradise, what it says, to hell for those who are lost. But the body is like a coat, they just throw it away. That's the flesh that is thrown away. But the real you is the one that goes to paradise or to hell. And Jesus Christ said, when they shall resurrect, God is going to make them like angels. They no more, no more marriage. And he said, this, he said, God be a witness when told Moses, I am the God of Abraham, not the I was. I am still the God of Abraham and the Isaac and God. Wherever they are, they are still worshiping God and praising God. God is still listening to them. Their soul and spirit is still praising the Lord. And that's why God said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's not the God of the dead. They are not dead. They are living in somewhere else. Their physical body is thrown to the grave. That's just a code they are wearing when they are not. And that is what everybody, every, every human being is. We are just wearing this coat, which we call the body. And God says, He's going to make a new coat for them that will be immortal. And we that are alive will be chained to immortal body without throwing this coat away. In the translation, praise God. Verse 28. And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely, this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than this. And the scribe said unto him, Well, Master, thou hast said the truth, for there is one God, and there is none other but he. And to love him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love his neighbor as himself, is more than all old burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that, he answered discreetly, he said to him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. And no man after that does ask him any questions. For they now see that the Lord Jesus Christ has wisdom far beyond any human being that they were questioning. Verse 35. And Jesus answered and said, while he taught in the temple, I will say describe that Christ is the son of David. In another place, they actually say, they, they ask him, what do you think about Christ? Whose son is he? And he said, son of David. That's how the other gospel has said it in the book of Luke or Matthew. In verse 36, he said, For David himself said by the Holy Ghost, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand, till I make thy enemies thy footstool. David therefore himself called him Lord. And whence he see then his son? And the common people heard him gladly. So he was challenging the scribes that have been teaching that the Messiah will be the son of David. So David called him Lord. Why is he then his son? He couldn't answer that because they were thinking in the flesh. When the Lord was talking to Parashas, talking from the spirit. When David was prophesying, he was seeing in the spirit of the Lord God Almighty is the one that is Messiah. And he called him Lord. Now verse 38. 
And the Lord Jesus Christ continued to talk, he said unto them in his doctrine, Beware of the scribes which love to go in long clothing and love salutations in the marketplaces and the chief seats in the synagogues and the uppermost rooms at feasts which devour widows' houses and for a pretense make long prayers. These shall receive greater damnation. I believe that the Lord threw that one in just to make them not to think about what he said before about this Messiah is not just son of David, he's Lord of David. So that they won't think he was exhorting himself. He just told them that you make them to begin to take their mind off of that and talk about the Pharisees that are, that are misbehaving. He said they, be, they devour widows' houses and for a pretense they make long prayers. So they shall receive greater damnation. And Jesus sat over against the treachery and beheld how the people cast money into the treachery. And many that were rich cast him much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites which make a farthing. Now, two mites make a farthing. I think so many farthings make a penny in those generations. So that was so little that the woman had a widow. And Jesus Christ called unto him his disciples and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow has cast more in than all they which have cast into the treachery. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. So the Lord was pointing out something to, to the disciples there and to all of us that it is how your heart is. Not the size of your of your gift for God. If you have a million dollars and you throw in one thousand dollars, everybody say one thousand. They are looking at one thousand. Everybody say one thousand dollars from this man. But he say he had million. No, sir. If you are looking at fracture, you see one thousand is like what one tenth or one or one percent of one million. You see? But uh, the woman that threw in all that she had, it was a heart. She wanted to do something, but there was nothing left. So she just threw whatever she could get. So God said, it's the heart that's looking at that, that matters, I think. She has thrown in all that she has, and she's pulling more sacrificially. Not that that two minds could help do anything for him, even if he has kept it to himself. What can she buy with two minds? Maybe hardly nothing. But she just wanted to give, because it is necessary to give to God. So that's what she could find. She threw everything in, and Christ commended that. That it is your heart that is very important that we tell how your gift is. Think of Abel and Cain and Abel. People thought it was because Cain brought uh, the fruit of the ground, yam and so on, and Abel brought the lamb. That's why Cain was not accepted. But when you look at it, the Bible says, if you do well, will there not be accepted if you do well? So actually it was the heart that brought it. The Bible says Cain was of that wicked one. It's already, he was already wicked. So the Bible said the sacrifice of the wicked is abomination to the Lord. That's why King was not accepted. Even if King has also brought a lamb, the most I will still not be accepted because his heart was wicked. Just like the scripture said, the sacrifice of the wicked. Even if he brought a cow, the sacrifice of the wicked is abomination to God. So that's why it is the heart that must repent first. Then whatever you brought, 
be acceptable to God. So that's why Christ said, when you bring you your sacrifice to the altar, what does he say? If you find, you remember, God will remind you that your brother has hurt against you. They stop, don't sacrifice yet. Go and settle it with your brother. And many of us sometimes we, we, we skip that. We say, go and settle that quarrel. Solve your problem. Settle it before you come and offer your sacrifice. So God wants us to live in harmony, in peace one with another. So that as much as life, you see, we live peaceably with all men. So that should be our charge, our, our, our goal, our motto all the time. And this is the end of chapter 12. And we'll continue chapter 13 next time. God bless you.